And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Five minute freak! Ah, no way! F-R-E-A-K! Your ordinary fur-barren rebel! Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip That started from this tropic point aboard this tiny ship The mate was a mighty sailor man, skipper brave and sure Five passengers set sail that day for a three-hour tour A three-hour tour All right, well, greetings. Um, we are up to episode... Well, actually, it's episode two of our Fear the Walking Dead recaps because me and uh, Professor Anno, uh, yeah, Professor Alan Middleton, one of these days I'll get your name right, Alan, um, did the first two episodes in one fell swoop, but we're going to concentrate things a little bit and just take care of episode three uh, today of Fear the Walking Dead and... I'm joined by three guests uh, tonight, so that's cool. I'm Scott McGregor, by the way. Um, and I'm joined tonight by Brian and Beth Hughes from... You guys are in Texas, right? That's right. Hello, hello. Yeah, cool. Um, so glad to have you guys. I put out kind of a call for... Because I thought Alan Middleton was going to ride this whole train with me, but I apparently did not impress him well enough to want him to keep coming back. So I thought he was an intern. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, yeah, we're all interns here, so... <laughs> Wait, you don't get paid? No, no, well, you should know that. You've got a show on the on the, uh, on the the network, and, and please, by all means, promote yourself, Brian. You do uh, what what podcast on Two True Freaks? Uh, I, okay, I've got uh, Third Degree Burn that I do with Tim Elliott, mm-hmm. and uh, a new show of mine called The Adventures of IndyQ will be starting over these next few months. My first episode will be The Quest for the Holy Grail, where I cover some work of Mike Grell. Okay, cool. Um, and uh, we know Sarah from uh, Mindless Drivel and other guest-starring things that she's been on, of course. Hi. Hello. And uh, Beth, has uh, your hubby here ever dragged you onto a podcast before? A couple of times we have tried to make uh, a few podcasts. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, it was just getting him warmed up, seeing how how things worked out and then I guess I bored him to death so <laughs> Not, <laughs> he went ahead and found other friends who could help him oh, so, so is this your first official Two True Freaks podcast? It actually is Alright, a virgin, we love it We love having virgins on this show <laughs> Welcome to the network yep. Well thank you I'm going to have fun tonight. Uh, no, you know, we have recorded a lot of stuff over the years. Um, you know, she bought me a recorder, and I've recorded a lot of things that I plan on using uh, on, on the uh, the Adventures of Indy Hue. Uh, she's got some great uh, opinions, uh, great thoughts, and sometimes the two are completely separate. <laughs> so, and, and so she'll get a chance to show some of that here. Well, looking forward to hearing them. Um you guys are fans of the regular Walking Dead too, I'm assuming. Or? Absolutely. Absolutely. She actually got me into it. Mm-hmm. Cool. And, and and the thing is, is like, 
she's she's so diabolical in this. Now, to give you an idea, I'll tell you another story. Years ago, I had this job. Well, this is the job I work in now, but it keep kept me so busy, and I had to drive several hours to work every day forward and back. Ouch. And so when I got home, all I wanted to do is just lay down and sleep. Right. And th- this happened the year of uh, 115 degrees for 45 days and no air conditioning in the car. So I was wiped out when I get home. And all I want to do is go to sleep. Well, she, you know, records shows on the DVR and she likes to watch them at night when, you know, when I'm going to sleep. And I said, just put on something I'll have no interest in and uh, I'll be great. And so the first thing that she did was Grey's Anatomy. Okay. And every day they aired three episodes in a row. So they have three hours of this stuff on the DVR every day. And so I'd go to bed and she'd start playing it. And wouldn't you know it, I got into it. Yeah. Grey's Anatomy. I think the best part is when Brian would be at work and I'd say, well, I'm about to watch a couple episodes of Grey's Anatomy. And what would he say? Don't, don't. Don't watch them without me. Wait. I will be mad if you watch them familiar without me. For some reason. Yeah, yes. So Sarah's so gotten me into a couple shows I never thought I would uh, want to binge watch. Doctor Who, uh, Once Upon a Time, um, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I definitely trust her, her judgment and taste in, in good television now. She's won me over with a couple shows I never thought I would watch. So. Excellent. <laughs> but Beth had watched two seasons of Walking Dead before I even took a look at it. Mm-hmm. And so it, at the third season, you know, it's like I, I went ahead and started binge watching it and just caught up real quick as I got into it. I'm not what you would call a horror guy. I mean, I I like a good horror movie from time to time, but I don't go out of my way for it. Um, zombie movies, of course, I really love. I just love apocalyptic, you know, apocalyptic, apocalyptic stories. Yeah. Uh, Dawn of the Dead. The uh, the remake by Zack Snyder of all people actually was oh, like yeah. the first time aside from the Evil Dead movies. It was the first time I'd watched a I'd gone out of my way to watch a zombie movie. And I love the Evil Dead series and uh, and anything about Ash. So uh, yeah, that's that's a good thing. But I got scared away from horror movies as a kid with The Exorcist. Oh my parents, yeah, my parents took me to see it when I was seven years old. Oh jeez, we went to a drive-in. Yeah, that would do it. <laughs> four of us kids in the car, and every few minutes, my dad would turn and look back at us and they go, "Y'all know this really happened." <laughs> Evil. Yeah, that's. Uh... <laughs> Thanks, Dad. How much therapy did that take to work out, Brian? <laughs> What's the respect Two right weeks there? Of wow. Sleeping in his parents' room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, they deserved it. <laughs> Ouch! But I, I actually, after walking, well, after watching Walking Dead and Fear of the Walking Dead, I actually have uh, a theory that I'll throw at you guys. But I'll, I'll wait till later after you, after we've had a chance to kind of go over this um, and see what you guys think. Yeah, me and Sarah actually kind of started things off uh, watching Walking Dead together. It was a uh, very little tradition on Sundays, so that was cool. We've, we've watched many episodes together. Yep. Now, do either one of you read the comic books on The Walking Dead or Fear? I've, I've, are there Fear the Walking Dead comics now? I don't think there is. Okay. Well, I, I wasn't sure if there was or wasn't. I have a feeling I there will be I... eventually, but um, yeah. Um, yeah, I managed to go and catch up on them, um, and so I'm actually all caught up on them, so... Uh, that's what I like about this show is that I have no clue where it's going. So that's that's always a nice thing. 
Um, See, so I'm not wrong. I In the very beginning of The Walking Dead, I did have some of the comic books, or I do have some of the comic books, and I've read most of it. And then I stopped reading them for that reason alone. So yeah. I could get more involved in the series, and after it's over, I will go ahead and read the comic books. Yeah, it's kind of a double-edged sword that way. It's, cause it they, is. They do deviate from the comics, but not enough where you... you well, it's more stress-inducing, in my opinion, because it's like... If you've read all the comics, you know what might be coming. <laughs> right. But then it's like they'll they'll throw you a curveball and, and and rip your heart out some other way. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> On the shelf in front of me are three compendiums of the Walking Dead comic. Wow. I read halfway through the first one. And decided that I'd rather watch it on TV and not know what's in the bit strips. Right. And, uh, yeah. I'll catch that later. I'm the same way about I just acquired my first Game of Thrones novel, which I'm leaving until... Well, I, it's the first one, so I could probably read that one without any problems, but... Yeah, the first I, novel is the show, word for word. Yeah, basically. yeah, that's what I'm yeah. told. It's like, I don't even need to bother with that one, but... Wow. Um, yeah. Have you ever read Wild Cards? Uh, the old, what was that, an image comic? No, well, it actually started out as a series of books that George R. R. Martin started. Oh, no, no, okay. And he actually wrote a brand new one here in between uh, Game of Thrones books, you know, the... Right. He, and uh, they're basically, you know, it's supposed to be like comic book characters in the real world. And it all started back, you know, during, uh, between World War One and World War II. Uh, but it, it's it's actually a very good uh, anthology series. In my off my rocker, was there a comic called Wild Cards, though? Yeah, they they were based on the on the the, oh, okay. the 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 series. Yeah. Wow, I actually think I have a bunch of those issues. That one big box of comics we picked up at a garage sale. Remember those, Sarah? And I think those were a bunch of image with wildcard in it. So I might have to read through a few of those. Um, yeah, I think they were in that box, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a whole it was a whole ton of of image comics and a bunch of doubles. And you know, I'll probably never be able to sell them for anything, but. <laughs> We're getting off track. That's another show. Garage sale book. It said, uh, if you listen to our podcast and catch a mistake, we'll send you a comic. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, that would require someone actually emailing us and, and pointing out our mistakes because yeah. I'm sure there's been that, plenty of them. Never, <laughs> no. That's the, that's definitely the way to get emails is to make mistakes because they love pointing them out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Now, yeah. now, see the Facebook page. I think uh, the, they'll they'll call us right out, you know, on on the Facebook page now, so they don't even have to bother with the whole email thing anymore. Mm-hmm. You see, and I think I can point out a few mistakes on fear that happened in this last episode. We'll see. Oh, yeah, yeah, me too. There's one kind of uh, yeah, kind of big plot hole that's kind of hovering over the whole plane thing, in my opinion. But we'll we'll get to that uh, chronologically. So I guess let's kick this off, because we do have to cut Miss Tonin loose uh, in about an hour, so she can go to work. Okay. All right. Um, but episode three was called Ouroboros, and here's the educational part of the program, kids. Ouroboros is a classic myth and legend uh, about an ancient mythical serpent used to symbolize perpetuity. It's basically the snake that's eating its own tail. Uh, this episode is directed by Stefan Schwartz and written by Alan Page, and of course based on characters by Robert Kirkman at L. Um, and we start out uh, meeting our survivors of the plane flight that we got to see in the webisodes. 
uh, Flight 462. Which I did you guys watch all those too? All like for that twelve minutes of them. You know there were like what they aired on TV during The Walking Dead is what we watched. We did not go on the web to view anything else. Mm-hmm. I, no, well, that, but I believe that they had played each one of those uh, the following week. Yeah, during so you break. see them all right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so I mean that was a neat little addition to things. But um, I had always read that they were going to cross over somehow, and, and this was the episode we. We got to meet them. Uh, we obviously, this is after the plane crash. Um, and I, I guess we could touch on it right now because I think the main plot hole that I was talking about and probably you too, Beth, was that the, the time doesn't really add up with when the plane crashed and when Nick... Because Nick apparently saw the plane early on in the first season. I uh, agree. Going overhead. And it either stayed up there for a really long time <laughs> or... Or they're, uh, you know, they were floating in that raft for a really long time. But then right. again, we've got a, a guy who was alive in the fuselage as well that probably shouldn't have been at that point. <clears throat> I think it's really interesting how uh, they were still at the house when this when they seen the plane go down. Yeah. It's, they still had uh, maybe one or two episodes before they even made it to the beach. Yeah, yeah. And uh, at that point... You know, there was still all the prepping that they had to do to get into the boat and leave. And uh, I was just mentioning to Brian uh, sometime this week, how in the world did did they seem to... Well, I guess this is jumping the gun, so I'll mention it later, but yeah, yeah I have some other... Well, I said I, I can buy that maybe they were in the raft for that long, but like the 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 guy in the fuselage should have been a lot skinnier than he was because I don't think he was eating much. Um, but yeah, we'll get to that. And a lot more sunburned. Yeah, that too, yeah. definitely. Um, well, the one guy in the boat was burned, not by the sun, but he pretty well burned. Um, we start right out seeing them in the raft. One of them gets chomped by a floater sinker. I guess we'll label these guys. And, uh, Which really, they should be a bloater, not bloater. a floater. Yeah. <laughs> now the other and the uh, the other guys in the raft put him down. Um, paranoid suit guy tries to preemptively kill uh, the injured kid Jake, who's all burned up. But uh, Alex, the uh, Asian woman who is on Flight 462, kind of the main character, dispatches him with a gut wound. Um, she's trying to keep the kid alive. So the, the second to last survivor in the raft wants to kill him to conserve resources and just kind of put him out of his misery, but she... You mean Curly Cockblock? <laughs> curly Cockblock, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when we learned, uh, Sarah pointed out a detail about him later that I didn't catch because she's good at stuff like that. Um, well, anyway, the kid kind of kind of actually says that, yeah, you probably should kill me, but Alex, uh, you know, still will not do it. Um, and we get to the boat, and, you know, got a lot of floating and talking again. Strand is on his uh, little satellite phone again, but getting only static this time. Uh, Travis and Maddie are doing some insomnia talk, or actually they just kind of stupidly stare at each other in bed until Travis tries to initiate some sexy time, but whoops, no nookie for you. We've got drama to do. So, uh, you know, we've got traumatic music and boat sounds going on, and and we find out that the boat needs a, a few repairs and, and some of the uh, most unpleasant plumbing probably ever done in the history of plumbing, I would say. <laughs> Definitely. 
they had a hand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Foreshadowed in like the first episode where Travis is underneath the sink fixing the uh, the uh, garbage disposal in yeah. the dishwasher. Oh, you're <laughs> it's right. Like thing. Uh, it's in his skill set. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> so we get to see uh, Travis go do some scuba diving. Um, you know, he volunteers to be the one to go in because testosterone, of course he does. Um, still no zombie sharks. A little upset about that. Um, <laughs> but I thought it was anyone else see kind of work. a, anyone else see kind of like a Jaws reference there with the, uh, you know, going under the boat, seeing the head pop out and all that stuff, or just do I think about Jaws far too much? No, you're so right. It was like, like a shout it. out. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I do think about Jaws way too much. In general, uh. <laughs> here's to swimming with bow-legged women. Yep. And I, I threw down a couple uh, other names here for for possible water zombies. We have subsurface zombies now that are stuck to shipwrecks. So do we call them wreckers or sinkers or bobbers? Bloaters. <laughs> bloaters. I, I do like bloaters. Yep. I like that too. Yeah. Get pretty nasty after a while. I wonder, do sharks eat Don't zombies? I mean, don't you think that a floater would be something that you would find in space? Well, no, I, I figured the uh, the zombies we had in the life jackets, maybe, um, in the first couple episodes, I considered maybe floaters. Um, but, yeah, space zombies would definitely be floaters, too. Although, if you're already out in space with a space zombie, you're probably screwed anyway. And if they can get to you, you know, it's it's all over. But. I'm all for space zombies, Robert Kirkman. If you want to write that one, we'll watch so it. So am I. <laughs> I. I'd just like to see what would be going on in the International Space Station while all this is going down on the Earth. I think that right there is a movie. <laughs> that would be, you know, just even if you just did one episode of of showing, you know, them up there and be like, "Why, well, for some reason, we can't get Houston on the line? I wonder what's going on down there." <laughs> yeah, for sure. <clears throat> Well, that might be the end of the whole series is like the people from the space station come down and they're the only ones in the universe that aren't actually infected at that point so. who knows they better hope to have a woman on board <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well, I don't know if I'd want to be the one woman alive you know, responsible for repopulating the whole planet <laughs> oh no thank you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Calling UPS because I ain't delivering that. <laughs> right. There you go. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Well, we learned that uh, Sinker Zombie was clogging up the intake along with the whole the bunch of probably human stuff. Um, Strand kind of orders Travis around a little bit, and he kind of calls him out on it and says, "Hey, look, I'm not the help." And then Strand kind of sarca- sarcastically apologizes and you know says something to the effect, "It's like." You know, uh, forgive me, having kind of a stressful day. It's the apocalypse, you know, uh, in case you haven't noticed. And uh, so would you please, you are, you are, uh, just say something like, you are a valued member of this team. Thank you kindly for, you know, you're the only one that can do this for us. Or just, just, you know, very sarcastic, but good interplay between those two characters, I thought. We learn Ophelia has, oh, go ahead. I just wanted to mention, uh, I'm not sure what the gentleman named in the striped shirt who got caught uh, underneath the boat, the the dead guy. You know, how long was he out there? If he was out there that long, like you were suggesting it was, don't you honestly think that he should have been waterlogged? 
Oh, I mean, he really should have been bloated, and and I didn't see any of that. Yeah, that's like the walkers last week that were coming up to the fence, you know, from the ocean. They weren't they weren't bloated either. Yeah, and but you didn't know what really where they were coming from. Were they from the plane crash, or were they you know were they coming from the other side of the the island or or what? It is kind of harder to track, like, where they are in the world as opposed to, you know, we know the regular show, everyone's pretty much in Atlanta, in Georgia area. and mm-hmm. um, But, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a few more inconsistencies in this one like that. And, and yeah, the time frame bugs me a little bit, but, you know. Actually, I hey. think it makes sense if you hang on just a second. Mm-hmm. The guy in the striped shirt that was clogging up the water intake, was he not the first one knocked out of the life raft? Uh, no, he, second no. one. Yeah, he, he was the we didn't see him get knocked out of the boat. We just saw him say, you know, he's going to die. You know, he's tell, talking about the guy that was burned. He says he's going to die. I mean, you better do something about him. And he kind of says under his breath, or I will, which pretty much sealed his fate because we saw what she did to someone else that threatened him. Yeah, so we got to think maybe. The uh, amount of goo. <laughs> that was sucked up into the intake and into the water filtration system um, was that was a lot of decomp. That was not a fresh body. Yeah, I think he was in there for a while. Uh, it seemed He'd been there for a while. Yeah. Well, when right. you when you did look at when you did get a good look at Alex, you saw she had a pretty bad burn on her face, sunburn mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on her face. So she had been out in the water for some time. Right, so, but if you remember back, um, I, I hate to bring up The Walking Dead, but when they had a walker in the well, yeah, the guy was very was bloated. Yeah, right. <laughs> he was very waterlogged. Now, so what you're saying, Sarah, is that he was in there for maybe a day. You think is that what you're saying? So he wouldn't have been. No, I think he has been there long. I don't think it was just a day. I yeah, think I think he was pretty was squishy for a while. Um, it takes a while to be to, to decompose to that point where there's a hand that just floats free, yeah. and that was an awful lot of brown goo. Yeah. Right, right. That's See, that's, that's one of the other inconsistencies that I saw in this particular episode that made me uh, really think. Uh, well, actually, that was just – I have one other that is really making me think where where this young boy was. The one that's in the raft. Yeah. But I'll bring it up here also here in a minute. But so I'm not alone. No. Oh, no. You know, it's it's kind of the nature of the beast um, with these shows. You're never going to nail everything. And, and nerds like us are going to pick the nits. So um. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will say something about when you were talking about the plane earlier and Nick saw the plane. One thing that we noticed on this show, uh, especially in the first season, was they had a tendency to do things that let you think, okay, this is about to happen. Yeah. This guy's standing there too long, or, or someone just said something, and that's what always invites it to happen, or, or whatever. And it never did happen. It, they were really good about you know, not letting you fall, you know, fall for the, all the tropes that came before. Yeah. They surprised me. So, you know... Whenever you see an establishing shot of an airplane, that doesn't mean that that's the one you were looking in. Yeah, true, true. And oh, so, this is true. So, so yeah, you know, I'll I'll give the writers a little bit of slack on that. But you know, beyond that, you know, if they if they do something that's you know ridiculous, then you you, you can call it. But this yeah. isn't 
I don't think this is one of those things. Right, some people maybe just keep better in the water than others. You know, there's like four sixty two couldn't have been the only airplane in the air that day. No, no, no. definitely not. I think the writers have come out and said that that was the plane, though, which they, they probably did. they probably it, should have left ambiguous. The little but. guy was Jake and <laughs> Alex keeping him alive after he was burned because she took his mother's seat on the plane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's why she is so determined to keep him alive is because she feels guilty that he's not with his mom. Yeah. She took the last standby seat and bumped that kid's mother. Yeah. Oh, I can see. Yeah, exactly why. I guess I would do the same thing. That's why she saw Mama Bear over the burned boy is because she feels responsible for him now because now he's without a parent. Good catch. It's I forgot all fault. about that. Yep. That's great. Yep. This woman is detail-oriented. She'll scare you. It's, it's good yep. stuff. There you go. <laughs> That's wonderful. I, I, I didn't know that because we didn't watch those small series. You didn't so miss So there much. may have been another <laughs> few that we didn't see. It yeah, was there really was sixteen of them. It took fifteen minutes of your life. Yeah, and it you was... had to actually knock it up and go pee during the commercial breaks to catch them. Yeah, <laughs> and it was really. I mean, there was really no point in watching them as they were played. I mean, that's the kind of thing you wanted to go back. And they've got them on YouTube, all cut together now. Um, but yeah, they just seemed kind of useless when they were doing them at thirty seconds at a shot. You know, they really couldn't get much done, but. You kind of forgot what happened the week before, you know, when you saw the 30 seconds the next week. Um, except for Encyclopedia Brain Sarah over here. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. Hey, it's a valuable skill I wish I had. Um, I wish it was a marketable skill. <laughs> Scott, at, at, at our age, I think we're at the point where our brain is kind of like a, a Play-Doh mold. Yes. In that it's full, and so whenever if we want to remember something, we're going to have to lose something else. Yeah, I like it actually more to a computer hard drive, but that's just I can't color gamer. inside the lines anymore. So <laughs> yeah, I think your <laughs> your observation is valid, sir. <laughs> yeah, but see, the thing is with Play-Doh, you don't choose which part comes out. No, and I really like the color. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'm losing bits of my childhood every time I sit there and decide to commit something to memory. Thing is, I, I can never you know choose which parts of my childhood I want to lose because there are quite a few of them I could just do away with and never think about again. But <laughs> it's always the good time, the good memories that seem to go away. Yeah, this is true. <clears throat> All right, well, we uh, a little foreshadowing because these shows love that. Ophelia has an infection. Um, <clears throat> apparently, is, is out of antibi- antibiotics, and Daniel being the uh, the stubborn ass that he is uh, won't let her actually ask Maddie for some uh, some pills. How did she get know. that injury? I, I don't remember actually. She must have, I mean it wasn't a bite obviously so she cut herself somewhere along the line but I don't remember. Again brain going. Sorry folks. <laughs> Sarah? Because I don't remember either. <laughs> yeah. No, it must have happened in the first two episodes somewhere. I I don't recall uh, it at all. Fighting their way out of where they were holding Nick, everybody got a little bit banged up. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then yeah, the the Salazar family just apparently is very susceptible to infection, as Mama Salazar proved in the first one. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> well, we uh, Nick spots the yard sale of the damned, which people have been calling it on the internet on the beach. <laughs> find a bunch of supplies and. And I love that the kids are like, uh, you know, Maddie and Travis are like, oh, no, you guys can't go. That, it's too dangerous. And, and the kids are just like 
excuse my language, fuck off, we need stuff, and there it is. <laughs> you know, we zip in with a boat, we grab it, we come back. And, of course, things never go that easily, but I, I like the kids standing up to the parents who are still kind of locked in this almost overprotective mode, which is understandable, but also this, like, delusional that, well, things will just be okay, we just got to stay out of danger's way. If something happened, um, something already happened. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good line. Yeah. Yeah. I love that actress, man. I I said it in the first two episodes, and that's one of the standout actors of this of this show. Is that Alicia? In my opinion, she really sells it. Um, Well, after a little argument, Daniel, uh, you know, tells him he'll watch the kids. He also tells him he knows about uh, Strand going to Mexico and his little discovery in the last episode. Drops that bomb on Maddie just before he gets in the boat and leaves her no backup at all. And she's like, well, why didn't you say something to him? And he's like, well, because that conversation would probably go a lot better with you than with me. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't end well if I brought it up. Um, the two alpha males. So he lets uh, Maddie handle it. So they load up and head to the beach. Travis goes diving again. Um, Maddie waits for uh, Travis while also keeping an eye on the yard sale. And we get the uh, classic bubbling water, you know, from the scuba gear coming up and all of a sudden turning bloody and, you know, another red herring. Um, Maddie panics, but it's just Travis clearing the blockage of a redhead guy from the raft. <laughs> then, uh, meanwhile, at the beach, uh, we got Nick and Alicia sharing some brief bro and sis time. Chris wanders off alone, always a good idea, uh, and he finds the fuselage of Flight 462. And goes roaming around for some supplies, uh, finds uh, some walkers or sitters still in their seats, and gets to practice. Oh, you got shot. I'm sorry. She got <laughs> shot? Oh, okay. All right. Remember when the Andy thought that she lured him in so her father could shred him? Oh, yeah. Did he, oh, yeah. Is, or am I, am I having a fever dream? No, I think you're <laughs> right. I, I just don't recall it at all for some reason. I don't know. Remember Soldier Boy getting filleted? Yeah, yeah. I remember the, you think you're the man in the chair, you're the man with the knife. Yeah. Well, okay. Andy blamed Ophelia for him ending up in that chair, yeah. obviously. He shot her, didn't he? I think you're, Yeah, I think you're right. Sorry, yeah. I saw something what? shiny. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that almost begs the question. Yeah, man, I'm going to have to go back and watch the first season again now. Damn it. You <laughs> oh. <laughs> just started another podcast where I have to binge watch all kinds of things too oh, alright oh <laughs> uh, where were we uh, well anyway Chris is roaming around uh, gets to practice some of his newly found uh, walker killing skills that he learned at the fence last episode and of course one of the people and this is where we get to the whole time thing again one of the people in the seats is still actually alive and I said looking far too healthy well other than the, the gaping back wound um that was a you know, big spinal hole, yeah. It's not good, yeah. I mean, uh, Chris made an admiral attempt and got him out and was trying to save him, and uh, the guy clearly didn't want to be, he just wanted to be put out of his misery at that point. And, and you we, know, at first I couldn't even tell that that was his damn bone. I had no idea. I just, thought it was something that um, actually rebar. went through him. Yeah, yeah, like a rebar of some type. I really didn't realize that was his damn spine. Yeah, so there's not a real lot of coming back from that. Um, when you don't have a hospital available. (laughs) True. So Chris gets to, yeah, kill his first actually live human. Um, 
which obviously must have been traumatic for him. And I think that I like that actor a lot too. I think he's he's bringing his A game. Yeah, um, but you know, every time he does one of these stupid things, I just want to see Red Foreman go dumbass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I even wrote that in my notes when he wandered off, dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> You know, at first, I really was so annoyed by this kid. I still am. I was so <laughs> annoyed. He would, you know, talk back, hit his dad. I, I would have really put the little shit in his place, <laughs> yeah. no problem. No. But now he gets to see where his dad's standpoint is having to kill this this yeah. guy who's in agony. So maybe now their relationship can move on, maybe yeah. even get a little stronger than it had been. There's so much disrespect there, and I'm, I'm just really hoping he can get past that because I'm so annoyed by him right now. I, I guess I buy it. I, I'm a kid, you know, child of divorce, and, and sons are just complete assholes to their dads when they leave. You know, it's kind of a thing. So I, I buy it. <laughs> you know, well, I, 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 I guess I understand it. I don't think he's going to uh, come to Travis's side for a while. I think it's, you know, because Travis is going to keep trying that. Everything's going to be all right. Yeah. Routine. Well, I hope and, he's over that soon. That annoys me more than Chris does, that the yeah, parents and, are and, still and doing that. Chris is not going to buy that. He's not going to buy it. Any, and the next time he says it, he's going to say, no, it isn't. Yeah. Stop saying that. Yeah, yeah and Alicia, Alicia's starting to, to talk back to her mom in that in that fashion, which is good. She... She obviously kind of gets it. Um, so actually, yeah, Alicia runs into Chris as he's stepping out of the uh, fuselage, and and she can tell something kind of freaked him out. And she's like, "Did you have to kill one?" And he's like, "Yeah, you know." And didn't mention the live human, obviously. Well, neither <laughs> of them mentioned it to the parents when they got no, back on the boat. No. no, because that look on his face was the same look most kids have after they walk in on their parents. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> well, uh, maybe I should happening. find Chris more annoying, but actually the actor was on Talking Dead after the episode, and he, like, won me over, you know, on Talking Dead. He was so charming and everything, so it was just like... Yeah, oh, no, cool. I can agree with that, but his <laughs> his character was annoying. Yeah. Now, on oh, the first talk- season, absolutely, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, when we seen him sitting there, uh, he, he was all smiles very informative about his character. Yeah, no, I, I really like the guy as yeah. far as he's concerned, you know, outside of the show. But in the show, yeah, I, I could really see having to bitch slap him. Well, can you imagine what it's like to be an emo kid in a world where everybody is that bad off and everybody feels that bad? It's not like you're alone anymore. Yeah. yeah. So, So for an emo kid, that's like hell. Yeah, it's like, geez, how can I justify being more depressed than everybody else? Right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Now, one of my favorite scenes, um, I've, I've said in previous podcasts that I wasn't, some of the adult actors weren't really selling me on their characters quite as much, but uh, Maddie and uh, Kim Dickens like won me over this episode, and I thought it was a great scene when she finally confronts Strand about the uh, Baja trip. Um, he's not happy that Salazar was snooping around, obviously, um, which he's probably right. That would have ended badly if if Daniel had admitted it to him. Um, Strand claims there's a nice fortified house that he's taking them to, um, and Maddie says something to the effect of, 
you know, we need to go back to back to get this done, which seems to win some respect from Victor for her. But uh, it was great. The best scene um, was Maddie tells him that it, if Strand even looks at her family the wrong way, she'll throw him overboard. And he just kind of laughs and says, you're not a killer. And then she just shoots in this look, which totally sold it to me. It's like, it just said, I don't think you want to bet on that, Vic. <laughs> you, do you, know, <laughs> you know what that tells me? That that that, that particular moment. Uh, if I remember right, <clears throat> Maddie's husband died in, in, uh, several years before. Yeah. They say it was a car crash or something. Yeah, there's a lot we're, we don't know about Maddie yet. I, I, th- yeah. I think she killed her husband. It's possible. Either, what are you saying, like maybe accidentally or... No, I think she did it on purpose <laughs> yeah. to protect the kids. Yeah, I, I could see that. Yep. Whatever yeah, it is. So violent drunk. Girl has killed somebody. That's that's what it comes down to. That look said, oh yeah, well, guess what? You're wrong. Exactly. <laughs> addictive personalities come some come from somewhere. And mm-hmm. if Nick's got an addictive personality and it's not coming from Maddie, where did it come from? Oh yeah, I mean, she even totally admitted that in like the first season that, you know, right. I, that she had been there. Hmm. Yeah. She did, and I was just surprised she didn't say, why do people keep saying that? I wouldn't kill someone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was ready to put her neighbor down there, and Travis tried to talk her out of it, and she did. You know. Like... Okay, so I have a question for, for everyone. Let, let me ask this. When um, Alex came over the dunes, mm-hmm. where was the boy? And yeah. The where was it's the still boy? On I mean, yeah, okay. where was that though? I, but yeah. where is that? She I had mean, to have apparently hidden. They, they she's running, when they were all running and they got to our intrepid little group's life raft, she looked at Mr. Salazar and said, "We need to make a stop." The oh, life I raft was on She was on shore scavenging. She was at the garage sale of the damned too. Yeah, yeah. She was but looking don't you for think she would have? So you're saying she scavenged? While having already taken him to the raft and to the boat, because if you if you hadn't noticed the boat itself, when they were in the back of the boat, was deflated, and and it had been deflated where it looked like it'd been on the water for quite some time. So while there, I I don't think that when they pull the the boat raft that it's going to be that deflated unless somehow it had this hole in it yeah i missed that confused me too beth and i was like yeah that kind of felt like a deleted scene there or something yeah so she um, they, they'd been on the water for a while they came ashore when she saw the yard sale and uh but wasn't that was their flight was it that, that's the question was it their flight yeah. or not Oh, yeah, I, I assume so, which st- begs the question why they would... Yeah, I don't know. It, I, it, I don't think it was their flight, and based on everything else, based on their sunburn, based on the 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 raft and all that, I think that uh, they'd been in the water for some time. That well, makes see, sense, and, and it wouldn't I make sense that they'd float around right back to where the fuselage was either. So, yeah, there's some wiggy time stuff going on, and it would explain why, you know, maybe it was a more recent plane crash, so that would explain... You know, tied to my seat, not dead yet. Guy um, would still be alive and not starving to death. I guess. 
the the show's on a little bit of an accelerated course. Um, L.A. burned down like a day after the first infected show <laughs> yeah, up, yeah, and they rushed everything on the show. So it was, and it it keeps it from moving at a snail's pace where we and our couches are going. Come on, yeah. <laughs> so there's yeah. nine time skip last season so it had to be about 11 or 12 days total which lines up with what happened in Atlanta on walking you know because this is happening at the same time that Rick's in his coma yeah so there was like a nine and yeah nine ten day time skip of just normal life happening so the life raft floating around would eventually come to shore Alex can't lift Jake because he is so badly burned. If she pulls the boat onto shore and goes to look for medicine, you know, otherwise, why would she tell Salazar we need to make a stop? Because that's where she left him was parked in that boat. Yeah. Yeah, I think the writers aren't exactly haven't been doing due diligence with continuity um, in the beginning like this. But I think it is just to kind of move us, move the pieces on the board to where they need to be. Yeah. Um, which, you know, as I said, bugs us nitpickers, but... The Dungeon Master's an evil bastard. Yeah, always. <laughs> <laughs> well, me and Alan were arguing about this, uh, or discussing it, uh, you know, about how long were they... It was kind of foggy on how long they were in the hole when the military came in and set up Pleasantville. And, uh, you know, it, it seems like it was maybe a couple weeks at least, um, but they weren't real clear on it. So, it was yeah. at least nine days. Yeah, I, I'm willing to forgive. You know, just give me more walkers, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and floaters. Um, where else are we here? Uh, do, 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 do. Well, obviously, when Daniel sees Alex uh, coming over the dunes, he thinks it's Chris at first, and then uh, realizes it isn't, and she's being followed by a veritable army of walkers. Um, and then shit gets real, as they say. Um, and Nick has his Rick moment. When you're covered in ill, yeah. they leave you alone. <laughs> yeah, which was pretty... Oh, sure. Although, Rick, that was kind of a... That was like... A, and the crab zombie was, was pretty cool. That the the, the walker stupid. being... Yeah, it's that was so pretty that nasty. Was awesome. Yeah, I can see it chop off, you know, throw a machete in the middle of a walker's head a hundred times, but... Show me something creepy crawly with several legs and like, nope, nobody, nope, nope. <laughs> and for the first time, Nick's hair looks great. <laughs> <laughs> and he ditched his old man coat and he, you know, had the sailor's suit on there. So, yeah. Yeah, and he just immediately went from being Junkie Johnny Depp to badass Junkie Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, it, was it was great. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, you know, I guess if Strand has made one good call, it's that Nick is going to be the survivor in this, presumably. That no. Wouldn't he be Junkie Jack Sparrow then? <laughs> he is now, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All he needs is the hat. <laughs> Point Brian. <laughs> yeah. For those score, you just won. Thank you. <laughs> the only thing I'm not buying about Nick lately is his his apparent superpower to identify any pill that he comes across. I mean, okay, yeah, he's a pillhead, but it just seems like anything he can look at any pill, any bottle, and be like, "Yep, this is for this. This is for this." <laughs> I mean, I with a worked at a pharmacy, I think I could do the same. Look, you, okay, you, know, okay, you come across a pill. When these guys I'm come across a pill, they pull out their smartphones and they Google round white G two six. Yeah. Okay, that's acetaminophen. Throw it away. 
Yeah. Okay, round white G27. Oxycodone, score! Right, yeah. When, when, well, we're not using smartphones in this universe right now. but I, Not I, right I, now, but this guy's been junky for years. Yeah, but I think that kind of limits his... I mean, like he, he figured out the, the special pills in the last episode or poison just kind of by looking at them. Or well, kind of by... Uh, these have to be something weird because they're hidden and this family are not pill junkies. So I guess but I'll he let narrowed it, slide it down. He told them, he said, look for the illins and the eens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I find it hard to believe that Daniel was that stupid about pills, too. I mean, the man's had children. He's got to know something about antibiotics and such. But whatever. Well, right you away, know. you see Nick when the little boy says, yes, we got power pills. Right away, his head goes to power pills. Well, yeah, you know. You know, so he's immediately thinking, what, what? Because kids really don't lie at that age. They don't know how to uh, necessarily, so they're all truths. So he knew there was some truth in that. Well, I think he was hoping when he heard... Family can stay together. Well, see, when that... My brain went right to poison. No, mine went right to Ritalin, actually. (laughs) I figured, I I didn't really catch it. It didn't connect until later. And I was thinking maybe it was just, you know, because ADHD kid... You know, family stays together if I take my medications because I'm not, you know, I don't bounce off the walls. So for some reason, no, that's, I, I went right yeah. to mama's contingent or daddy's contingency plan of if we take these pills, we can all stay together. Yeah, no, I honestly did not catch the, the whole. It's Jones the Jonestown Kool-Aid. Yeah. yeah. You see, and I didn't see any of it that way. I just assume he was other than the dot and the head on the on the. Uh, yeah. The, um, action figures on the little action figures uh, that he was just talking like Power Rangers, Power Pills. Uh, you know, yeah. I didn't think anything of it until I seen him looking for the pills. Then all of a sudden, I'm like, "Oh hell!" I didn't realize that yeah. that's actually what this kid was saying. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, good on the writers for that. Then they they fooled a couple of us. So that was cool. Cool. Um, well, uh, fun ensues on the beach, obviously, and, and as we said, Nick comes in um, and saves his sister. God bless him. And uh, looks—I gotta say—his his his guts camouflage was a little too uniform. It was a little too neat. You know, it was like just on his face and just down his chest, uh, which I don't know if that would have. Was under a dead guy when he started killing dead ones above him. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was. I guess it was placed okay, but I don't know if that would have saved him when he did the whole walker stare down, you know, with with the one walker he's just looking at. But it was a great, great visual, seeing the juxtaposition of those two standing together, you know, kind of drove home, again, the whole concept of we are all the walking dead. Um, but yeah, yeah. And yet no one seems, he doesn't say anything to anyone that this is a possibility on how to get by a walker. Obviously, it'll probably come up again. But I hope. him just being able to do that and them seeing it, the but sister seeing it. Nick is the social engineer. You know, uh, he's someone that's used to holding all the information he has until he needs to use it to his benefit. That you know, it's part of his skill set in there. Well, I hope they don't do like because the the original series kind of did that too, and it was like they they just forgot this for a while, and then they they think they dragged it out again in like season six just recently, 
right. it's like, no, that's a valuable skill. We got we got to make sure we keep, we remember that one. <laughs> yeah, well, well, Carol did it with the <laughs> the the cannibals. Yeah, and then oh, that's right. It, yeah, and we yeah. did it at the end of the season there. Yeah. yeah. Which was really great. I love that moment. Mom, mommy, mama. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. But we we finally get the uh, the crew of the uh, the mini minnow uh, back in the boat and dragging Alex and and Jake back to the yacht. Which I you know saw this one coming a mile away that Strand was not going to let these people on the boat. Um. So after some. You know, tense words. They they just they finally talk Strand to letting them tow the raft, and they bring him some. Uh, and, and of course, Alex is like, "Are you guys really debating this?" You know, and and you can see everyone in the cast. I thought they played this really well. That everyone in the cast is just finally you now they're starting to come to realize how cold they're going to have to be to survive this shit. And, right. And Travis especially. And I hope they don't backtrack on it because it almost seems like the adults in this. It's been one little quibble I've had that they. They start to get hard, they start to get on board with what world they're in, and then all of a sudden they'll still do the, well, things will be okay, we'll find San Diego, you know, it'll be alright. Because they only bombed, you know, only Los Angeles was burning, every place else is going to be okay. Um, but, whatever. Um, but yeah, they all just kind of have to stand there and be like, nope, sorry, not our boat, we were told the rules last episode. <laughs> it's, it's Number one rule is it's Strand's boat, number two rule is Strand's boat. It's goddamn it's, it's strands boat. boat. Yeah, it's not strands boat. <laughs> no, it's probably not. No, and, and, and Daniel brought that up last episode too. It's a ten million dollar boat, huh? And you were an insurance salesman. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> and if everything in Baja is all sunshine and lollipops and puppies and rainbows, oh, I'm, I'm sure. And he's a tiny, tiny window where they have to get there. You know, yeah, something else is going on. I think for sure. I think Strand's meeting up with like a gun runner or something. He's about to arm up or something like that. Something weird's going on. Or actually, this is okay. This is like my twisted, really bad um, theory on why Strand is even keeping these people around. He's going to use the women as coins somewhere. He's going to be like, "Hey, you want to? Got to find young teenage girl here. You know, what can see, I get for her?" He would have kept Alex then. But see, I can yeah, almost totally true. agree with why you're going there. Because in my mind, it has gone several places. Maybe he's going to sell their 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 liver or their sure. heart. <laughs> Who a, knows? I yeah. really don't know. And then after the commercial, I'm just like, okay, this guy has got to be either so high up. Uh, maybe he's one of the men in black. Hell, who knows? But yeah. Uh, he, this it, guy has he, got... So many people looking, either looking for him, or they were expecting him. Obviously, get a lot of maps and stuff. Yeah, the way he handled the guy back when when he first met Nick, and the way he handled that first guy, I would peg him as a recruiter for intelligence. Something. Well, he was yeah, he was like Hannibal Lectoring that poor bastard. He was like (laughs) practically telling him to, you know. You mean the, the the husband there that was all freaked out in the yeah. first season? Yeah. Yeah. So I really think that he, at this point in the game, I really think that that Strand is someone who's very important. Now, who exactly that is, I don't know. But to have that many boats and helicopters, I mean, some serious shit must have gone down. Yeah. I, I'm 
going with Strand worked for somebody important. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, like, the, like you know, he was Michael Corleone's second, you know. Right, uh, yeah. Right. He's Michael Corleone's driver, and now Michael's dead, so he's going to step up and take over. That's yeah. why the, the gun runner thing goes in my head, because it's almost like that kind of boat is like, if it's not his boat, it's one he's using to, to smuggle drugs or weapons or something. Right, and he, so and he's, he's trying to meet up with his connections to, to stay safe. Exactly. I don't think so, because Daniel is the kind of guy that's going to know where to look. Yeah. And he's found one gun so far. I'm not mm-hmm. saying he has the guns. I'm not saying he's running the guns. I'm saying maybe he's going to the guy that he used to work right. with. To, right, but if that if that boat there was, was something they used to run guns, <laughs> there would be cargo holds, uh, you know, like special hidden cargo yeah. holds. And Daniel's the kind of guy that would have found him. True. I know. True. Yeah. So yeah. it, it's that that that's kind of a plot direction that I don't think they're going with this. Hmm. They're they're going to surprise us in a big way. I think so. Yeah. But Beth, well, I'll let you go ahead here because Beth had a thought, and we'll come to that when we talk when we get to that part. Wait, what thought? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. You better remind me because I don't I don't know what you're talking about. Honey. Well, are, are we at the end of the synopsis? Uh, pretty much. I mean, yeah, we we, we tied up uh, Alex and and Jake, and they're floating, and and then yeah, basically, uh, poor Maddie's sitting there watching them float and looking all guilty and. All of a sudden, Strand just barges out and cuts him loose. And, uh, exactly, well, but who's to Alex say? Again. We have say? to. Been, I said, we are going to see Alex again. Um, I hope they, so. They, that they, seems like such know, a waste if they... The airplane into introducing us to that character for her to be there for 15 minutes. Yeah, we're, she's going to show up again. And I think that she's, she just might be Strand's undoing. I, I, yeah, we would think so because I agree. I don't know why they would bother to build all that up. You know, if it's just, just to connect miss- the web series and be like one and done, that just seems really stupid. Yeah, I think she's going to be Strand saving Grace because she's in the boat floating when he cut her loose. And if I think that they put Strand in the water, I think she's uh-huh. going to end up saving his ass. I, I like that. End. I like that. Now, be, I like the way your brain works. That yeah. works. I don't know how the hell she's going to keep up with them. I mean, they'd have to come back that way or something. You know, we're talking a motor and a floater here, so I don't know. <laughs> well, I think that they're going to. Re- I thought I could have sworn that that was him floating in the water, also that was in the the um, preview. The oh, preview. I didn't get to watch the, it. Yeah. Right, and so they kept oh, yeah, talking about how they were going to. Uh, they didn't need him. So you can see him. It looked to be him. And mm-hmm. so I kept rewinding it, play it, rewind it, play it. And it really does look like Strand floating in the water. Hmm. And so I really think that she's going to end up saving him. And that's when we'll see her again, in my opinion. Now, yeah. who's, well, to, who's to say that when he cut her loose, that he didn't cut her loose um, near San Diego where she wanted to be. True, true that, yep. Yeah, we just weren't really, a, yeah, it just looked like a ruthless act, but yeah, he could have been just like, well, this is your stop. Bleak. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I still think there's a possibility that that Strand is thinking of going to, you know, San Diego, even though he said he wasn't, because um, that was his original destination, presumably, so 
he might learn that there's something back there he needs and that they'll head back that way. I think whoever it was he was going to pick up is gone. Mm-hmm. And it's just like whoever it was he was trying to talk to is also gone, which makes me think the Baja site has been compromised. Yeah, yeah. Good possibility. But uh, yeah. Strand, Strand sounds like the kind of person that's got a plan C and a plan D. And What was that, Sarah? I said, do you think that the Baja story was just a fairy tale to keep everybody quiet and on the boat and in line? Not if there's a map and all that stuff. I mean, yeah, that, and I don't know. That's I too mean, much subterfuge, I think. And he was, you know, he could have made it. kid? Dun, dun, right. dun. What if what? What if it's what if it turns out to be Strand's kid that they're going to that they're going to get? Mm-hmm. Just a thought. What what kind of makes me wonder is when he was talking to this person in San Diego because that's where they were wanting to go. You know, the first time he's able to get a hold of them, the second time uh, he's not able to get a hold of anyone. Not until this past episode, he starts talking with someone and says, okay, I'm coming, stay there, I'll be on my way, we'll make it on time. So whoever he's talking to, I think, is the same individual moving from place to place because this place is no no good. So they get out on the water, they can't get a hold of them, and then finally he's able to get a hold of them again when they've moved to Baja. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So wherever they're going, they have these places yeah. that would have been, uh, <laughs> should have been safe. Now that they're going to Baja and they've got all this food and they're supposed to be in you know a safe environment and and this group is along for the ride well i'm now, thinking yeah maybe he works for like the mexican cartel or something and this is one of their that's compounds. what i thought too i said if it's not the government then it's got to be some some high level drug dealer yeah. who is going to make sure that their compound is so well hidden Kind of like the CDC, once the doors close, they're not opening again. Yeah. yeah. Right. Hopefully yeah. They don't, hopefully they don't have the same end game plan that the CDC did or, or the well, crazy yeah, guy at the CDC. <laughs> <laughs> it almost makes me wonder if he knows what happened. Maybe we'll find out a little bit of uh, the show's history as to what might have occurred. Well, I've got a theory. It could be Bonnie's. And this this is my big, big theory, uh, number one. But I'll say this from what I know. Robert Kirkman said that aside from the CDC episode, that we're, we're never going to find out anything. We're yeah. never going to find out anything. But I'll say this. Rick, you know, he got shot in the first episode. He was in his coma and in that hospital when things went down, right? Mm-hmm. He wakes up and he's apparently all, you know, better and everything. But, of course, all the corpses are walking around. And in the first episode of Fear the Walking Dead, Nick is asleep there where he'd had a drug-filled night of fun with that girl. Wakes up the next morning and all, you know, whatever's happened has happened. I think that in both cases, Rick and Nick died just when the world changed. I don't call it a virus, you know, an infection. I think everybody's infected just because whatever it was that happened, happened. Yeah. Right, and I told you this, that (laughs) truly, I I think that he's the key. Rick's the key. Yeah, Rick and Nick are part of the key. In that, 
you know, we and saw, we Carl. also saw, yeah, and Carl because of the blood transfusion. But what we saw, another thing that, that I saw that supports this, at least as far as I'm concerned, was the second time that Rick came across Morgan. Mm-hmm. Morgan stabbed Rick right in the chest, pretty deep. Yeah. But did it bother Rick at all? You didn't see him be bothered by that at all afterwards. And in a recent episode, Rick got his hand messed up in a fight with a walker in the RV. Yeah. yeah. Nothing happened to that either. Rick yeah, got his was, hand and everything. And it's been yeah, quite a while. It was I, high, highly implied that he'd gotten bit, too. It looked like he'd gotten bit. Yeah, I think kind that of. Rick is immune to that mm-hmm. because Rick is already the walking dead. <laughs> I think Rick and Nick are the walking dead, and, and by extension, Carl. And that's my really? theory, but th- there's two ways that the show can end. That that is the theory. Those guys are the cure, and they just got to get it out to whoever they can, or everybody is going to die eventually. Yeah, I, no, I might, I, I'm all for. I'm on the uh, the side of Carl just becomes king of the world and you know, ruthless king of the world, and, and and kills all the walkers himself eventually. I don't know. <laughs> See, and I'm more on the side of Nick and Carl that that there are some who, when the outbreak occurred, died at that moment, and they hold the key to being able to um, survive. survive. Yeah. yeah. I like that. that that's that's bizarre, but that, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, I wonder if Kirkman's just kind of, you know, funding us, and that he has said that we'll never find out anything, but they actually just released another kind of side comic, too, that Actually, I think it takes place in another part of the world, so we finally get to find out like what's happening across the ocean and stuff. Um, I'm not sure if it's even out yet, but I, I read about it, and it's like about Rick Grimes' brother, I think. So, oh. so they're knows? planning to get Americans to talk like people from London? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right, wouldn't that be? Yeah, that'd be a nice switch. I know, I couldn't believe it when they, uh, was what actress was it, the, or the actor that... Um, and Talking Dead there, was it? Australian. Yeah, or New I Zealand. Know. Yeah, Alex is New Zealand. I'm just TV. like, New wow. Zealand, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Foreigners taking all our jobs. No, man. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was pleasant to see that, that the kid that plays Chris was actually an American. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, wow, true. man, you're in the minority here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I actually uh, have a question. Let me think about this goes back to the end of the first season and when Travis had to kill uh, Chris's mother. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's why they named him Travis? Kind of uh, a parallel to Old Yeller? Maybe. <laughs> Never even thought of that one. Sure. Hey, Travis, what you doing there with that gun? That's all I could think of. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Or Liza, who's just, you know, the Old Yeller. That's, that's bad. But, yeah. There's a lot of Old Yellers in this show, uh, unfortunately. Uh so true. Who's going to be next, though? I mean, uh, this this show can't remain true to its own universe if they don't knock off a main character Travis. eventually. Travis has got to be the one to go next. He's he's playing it too stupid, too slow. I've always voted for Travis, too, because yeah, he just seems to make some really dumb decisions a lot. And, Agreed. Uh, and his yeah. head's still stuck in delusion a little too much, you know? He's, he probably should have been shot in the last episode when he just rolled up on someone's front door and was like, hey, can we come in? Um, you know, especially survivalist guy. I, I think that guy probably would have just popped them all. <laughs> Be like, nope. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and you know that or Daniel, because 
although Daniel is so uh, smart and can figure these things out, he still yet hasn't figured out don't shoot your damn gun. It brings more walkers. And don't yell. Yeah. Yeah, and he can't, you know, well, the the people we're riding with might have antibiotics that can save my daughter, but we're not going to ask for them. Exactly. Because pride. Yeah, yeah, not not a good... Not a good uh, trait to have in the apocalypse, really. It's too much pride. (laughs) Dangle's thing is he seems to think that everybody thinks like he does. Yeah. And it's obvious that nobody thinks like he does. Yeah. If everybody thought like Daniel, it would be a very scary world. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it is, and I think he's he's somewhat right in that, and that people will start. Yeah, to come you're to either that the man in the chair or the man with the knife. But come right. on, there's got to be some middle ground there somewhere. Yeah, and and he should know by now the people who you're traveling with, you know, Maddie and them. They're all about trying to save other people and and be good people. So I mean, he shouldn't be as suspicious of them as he is. I don't think so. I yeah, know that's, that's a little fault in his personality. I think it should probably come back to bite. Some of his family in the ass. Hopefully, they don't knock off another Salazar woman, though. I mean, that would be kind of lame. Uh, we lost Mama Salazar, you know. But why not do it? They're doing it to Maggie. Yeah, over Maddie. And oh, yeah, oh. Maddie, over and over again. Um, oh, no, not Maddie, honey, Maggie. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I know. I, I, yeah. We're crossing the streams again. I'm just, you know, yeah, sorry. trying to keep up. I'm still lost in your sixth sense moment. I'm kind of trying to wrap my head around that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I never kind of saw it that way. <clears throat> so uh, I got some theories about possible couplings. I mean, I think we're going to see, even though they're like technically like stepbrother and sister almost, I think Alicia and, and Chris are, are moving towards some romantical stuff. Ew, and, no. No. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Alicia no. and Chris. Who else is there? No. That's, <laughs> that's why she's on the radio at night, okay? She's still trying to find that other boy. <laughs> yeah, that didn't work out so well for him. They kind of dropped that plot like a hot potato, too. Well, you know, the, the mysterious they're... ship that was Oh, it's coming. Them. It'll come. It's on the radar. It's on the radar. That's, that's why Strand was so adamant about getting that boat moving, because the gunship was coming. It's on their radar screen. They got to yeah, get out. At the end of the last episode, though, it's like, oh, they're gone. We can leave now. Yeah, so. it, it did fall off the radar, and 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 so you know we're just going to have to wait to, for that time when Strand falls asleep or is not on the boat, maybe in the water. I uh, do remember the preview now. There was up. there was like a scene of a helicopter in the preview, wasn't there? Which looked like it might have been like a Coast Guard chopper or something. Yeah, like there that. was something. I, I couldn't tell what it was. So yeah, my theory. I think I, I, my theory I, I, is that the gunship is a, is a Coast Guard ship, and that they're they're getting supplies for themselves by being pirates. <laughs> you think it's a Coast Guard ship, and they're doing the army thing on the water? Yeah, yeah. I think. Well, I think it might be like one rogue Coast Guard ship that because they do have like you know deck mounted M sixties and shit. So I mean, they would have big guns. <laughs> to shoot up that other boat, because um, Daniel, not, I'm just not sure who in the hell these guys are. Uh, that I mean, obviously they want to come with the vengeance, but damn, who are they? Are they the people that might have showed up and they finally found them? And when they're getting off in the commercial, is it them? Don't know. That's that's the question. Uh, one of my uh, favorite scenes at the end there, I, I think uh, Nick has the hots for Ophelia a little bit. Although, I mean, he might just be, you know, he, he grabbed that rosary for her. 
I, I thought it was kind of hilarious that he comes and sits next to Ophelia, still covered in guts, and she's just kind of like, you smell like, you smell like death. I'm like, oh, yeah, and I'm covered in it. Um, might have just wanted to mop up a little bit. He, the rosary could have waited until he took a shower, I think. <laughs> Nick, then he never looks like he takes a shower. No, he doesn't. Nick lacks uh, self-awareness. Yes. Well, and, he and definitely he, doesn't give a shit how he smells or looks, that's for yeah. sure. Well, you might have to learn, you know, uh, maybe maybe his old junkie girlfriend didn't care that much about that, but I think Ophelia's probably got a little higher standards. <laughs> but, you know, he does that on purpose, so he looks so unassuming. Yeah. yeah. And it's a smart way to go like Carol does. Yeah, yeah, men. that's... I definitely see the parallels there, yeah. Yeah, uh, and, I, and I think that um, Lorenzo, or um, Chris, is Little Shane. <laughs> he could be. He's he's definitely could be. Um, although I don't think he's going to become. He's going to become. Yeah, like practical. We got to do what we got to do, Shane. But I don't think he's going to. Hopefully, not go like full psycho or anything. Um, I hope not. But he, I, he just he definitely showed some is. anguish and having to kill you know live human. There, he definitely felt the weight of that. So, and uh, I got to assume that's where the. The whole the you know the title of the show comes from is Ouroboros is the perpetuity of yeah he as you stated Beth I think that that was his scene of understanding what his father had to do to his mother so yeah yeah now um, Brian had told me it was either a week ago maybe two now that um, apparently Alicia and Frank were dating in real life. Next, now, we yeah. had tr- tried Ooh. to look to see if that's accurate, and we haven't been able to find... I know, I'd heard it somewhere, but that now I'm not seeing it. Again. Now we just can't find it anymore. That is that true, or is it just hearsay? God, I but hope not. apparently, um, they may be dating in real life. Now, if you go by the rule of Joey, they're not, because there is such on-screen chemistry that almost borders on... Uh, sexual tension, even though they're brother and sister. Yeah. That if you go by the rule of Joey, which says if there's tension on on st- stage or screen, they're not having sex. The moment it goes away, you know they're doing it. Okay, you'll so, have to invite <laughs> me. What's the, uh, the the rule of Joey? Is that's that a friend's? From, yeah, that's from friends. friends. Okay. Because okay. Yeah, Joey's sitting there saying, have you ever noticed me having sexual tension with my partner? No. Exactly, because he yeah. had sex with every one of them. <laughs> yeah. And you know these two, there, there is. Uh, even though they play brother and sister, um, their relationship does not feel like brother and sister to the audience. Oh, that's what Ellen said too, and I, it does to me though. I thought it was, I think it's a very good chemistry between those two, but maybe it is a little. And you see, I don't because if they were really brother and sister, when she hugged him, um, when she hugged him out on the. Um, dunes or wherever they were on the beach or whatever yeah i gotta tell you um i would have hugged my brother and then bitched him out and maybe even hit him on the shoulder (laughs) where the hell were you sibling relationship is either i'll help you hide the body or don't even (laughs) breathe in my general direction right right exactly it's shut up i don't want to hear it let me go get my shovel well, let me just yeah. say you're all horrible people for putting that seed in my brain. Uh, no. You're welcome. You're welcome, and I'm bowing. I'm bowing. 
Brian did it to me, so it's only fair. See, I'm just thinking, oh, man, that's such a sweet, you know, brother-sister relationship that I don't have myself, um, you know, that I'm jealous of. But, no, it's it, we've got to have the sexual thing in there. Yep. <laughs> Ruined for the rest of the season, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> now, it will be a really good dynamic to see the actors is if those two actually break up during the run of the show and see how they get along then. <laughs> that would be great. But now yeah. we're talking brother-sister. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I just want to kill you. My error. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, Nick and uh, Alicia will be standing on the deck and Alicia will just be like, bloop, off the, you know, overboard. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. <laughs> you see Nick? No, I haven't. He must be in the bathroom or something. I don't know. I, I, I don't know where he went. I haven't seen him. Nick? Nick yeah. who? <laughs> <laughs> he said something about wanting to score. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Told him I thought I saw it. You know, I thought we passed a pharmacy island, so I, I put him off there. Yeah. Exactly. I went for a pharmacy. So island. earlier you mentioned something about pretty please with sugar on top, Scott. Ooh, Scott. I did? Yeah. Wasn't it you that made the Pulp Fiction comment before we started? Oh no, maybe did I? Because <laughs> the, the recall the scene where. Uh, Travis and Strand are talking, and Strand goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, okay. I, 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 you know, I've upset you." And then he's, is, I, I was just waiting for him to say, "Pretty please, with sugar on top, fix the fucking boat." <laughs> yeah, and, and that's pretty much what he said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but where's Pulp Fiction coming to that? Well, that was Mr. Wolf to uh, Jules. Oh yeah, so, yeah. okay. No, nope. clean yeah. up the fucking mess. Yeah, Pretty yep. please, sugar that's on right. top. Good catch, Brian. Good catch. Yeah, and being, yeah, wow. Good catch. <laughs> I could have sworn you brought that up before we started. No, I mean, no, I didn't. No, no, I missed that one completely. And I did the Jaws reference, you know. Said I, ah. I you know, but Pulp Fiction should have been there too in my brain, but uh, clearly not. Good catch, man. Oh, so pretty please, with sugar on top, clean the fucking car. Any final thoughts, kids? Uh, Got to get Sarah off to work here, and I think we've said about all we can say, really. No, but it's really good to have. Uh been invited and I appreciate that. It's well, you guys awesome. are you guys are hired now. We're doing this every Wednesday, right? You're another woman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a rare thing on this network, so this will really freak out the audience. Uh, <laughs> but you guys uh, into still doing this like every Wednesday night? Absolutely. Sounds okay, great. Cool. And Sarah, you can now that you know, and I haven't given you five minutes notice on when to show up. You can plan ahead. <laughs> Yeah, I bet that'd be nice. A little bit more than five minutes notice to wake yeah, up. And yeah, I called her at 20 minutes of the show. I was like, uh, clearly woke her up and just like, you want to do the show tonight? And Brown, what the fuck are you calling me for? You know? <laughs> well, I'm so glad Sarah was here. Nice yeah, I work for next to the Overlook Hotel. Believe it or not, 
It's a lovely day. It's a perfect day. Blow me down. It's a lovely place. Think I'd like to stay, but blow me down. Blow me down. It's nice and friendly here. I think I'll spend a year or two, maybe three. aboard one of these spacecraft, which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander, Soltek, said, soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this. <laughs> 